Welcome to Wisdom's Echo. This is Stephen McKee. And today I want to continue the subject that I began before about the anointing. And I want to read from Isaiah chapter 61. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I'm loving this whole subject about the anointing because you know we just can't even preach the good news we can't preach anything unless we first of all have the spirit of the sovereign lord upon us because even jesus the most mature son and i've said this before said that the spirit of the lord god is upon me we need that spirit upon us we need the spirit the ruach the breath of the lord god to be upon us even to preach and it's if we're going to see people healed set free delivered if we're going to function as mature sons we need the spirit of the sovereign lord if christ needed that we need it acts 1 8 says but you shall receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in jerusalem and all judea and samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth this past so many i don't know months I've been long and even greater and a, a much greater way for the power because we're never going to see the world turned upside down unless we have this power and we need this anointing, the same anointing that was on David. In fact, it's greater than David because they were, David and other people who were anointed in the Old Covenant were under the Old Covenant. But I want to speak just a little bit about this anointing, the anointing oil and... <clears throat> The anointing oil that was used was actually olive oil. Um, I'm just looking for a scripture now, actually. Um, well, let me just read this, first of all. Olive oil comes from the olive fruit, but when you press that fruit real hard, you won't find oil, only white sap. Also, the fruit tastes very bitter. To get the oil, the fruit, and its seeds have to be crushed by a great weight in an olive press. The crushing also removes the bitterness in the same manner. So in other words, if you want the anointing, expect to be crushed because the oil comes from the crushing. That's what we need in our day and it's every generation who's needed this oil, this anointing. The anointing that sets the captives free, the anointing that is empowers us, enables us to fulfill God's will, God's plan, God's growth for our life. Even Christ needed this anointing. He needed the spirit of the sovereign Lord to be upon him so that he could set the captives free and the prisoners free. But that oil comes from the crushing. It doesn't just someday magically appear and you're anointed. You must go through the crushing. You must go through the difficult times. And it actually helps us understand 
why we go through suffering, why we go through difficult times. It's supposed to produce something. It's supposed to produce fruit. But oftentimes we just blame it on the devil. We think it's the devil. But it's actually the Lord. He's conforming us into the image of Christ. He's moulding us. He's shaping us. He's the master potter. He's trying to produce anointing oil. And the anointing oil that was used in the Old Testament had five ingredients. Now let me read Exodus 30 verse 22 to 25. And it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the following five spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much as that, 250 shekels of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant calamus, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel and a hin of olive oil and make these into a sacred anointing oil, a frequent blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be the sacred anointing oil. So you had five ingredients you had the, that made up the anointing oil. And the first ingredient that they needed for the on for the anointing was myrrh. And these five ingredients are like five ingredients we need in our life if we're going to function under the anointing. Under that same anointing that Christ functioned under. Under that same anointing, that presence, that ruach, the breath of God, the power of God, the life of God, the healing power, miraculous working power of God. If we're going to work under that and function out of that anointing, then we need these five ingredients in our life. The first is myrrh. What does myrrh represent? Well, the first ingredient, myrrh, is a fragrant oil that actually is mentioned 152 times in the Bible. And it actually represents death to self. It represents death. John 19, 38-40 says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen, wrapping with the spices, as in the burial custom of the Jews. The first ingredient you need is myrrh. In other words, in other words death to self. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. If we are going to live the resurrection life under the anointing, under the power of the Spirit, turning our world upside down like previous generations but even greater, then we need to abstain from fleshly lusts. We need to wage war against these the sinful nature, the part of us that wants us to focus on the old life, the old man, and we need to put it to death. We need to live in that place of death to self, the crucified life. Romans 8.13 says, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You see, if we want to live in the resurrection life, if we want to truly live, we've got to put to death the flesh. It must die. If we live in that realm of the flesh, that level, sort of that 
place where the soul rules the spirit, where the soulish things of this world control us. We will never live in the resurrection life. We will never live under the anointing. But if we put it to death, then we will truly find life. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God. So the first part is he no longer lives, but it's not just that. It doesn't just end there. It says, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So you enter out of the death part of you, you enter out of that place of living in the flesh and you enter into the life of Christ, the fullness of Christ, the power of Christ, the limitlessness of Christ. And 2 Timothy 2, 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honour, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. If you want to come under that anointing, if you want to be prepared for every good work, useful for the master, a vessel of glory and power in these days, then we've got to put to death the flesh with part of us so that the anointing can remain in us. The second ingredient is cinnamon, and that represents uprightness, because it was a the cinnamon was a sweet smell and spice. The next, yeah, uprightness. Yes, it represents uprightness because it comes from a tree. Cinnamon comes from a tree that grows straight and firm to thirty, forty feet tall. And like cinnamon, this ingredient that attracts God anointing in our lives is uprightness. But what is uprightness? It's the quality of being honest, responsible and moral. Yeah, that's true. But it's more than that. Proverbs 14.2 says, He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord. But he who is devious in his ways despises him. So to be upright is to fear the Lord. So the second ingredient you need for the anointing is to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way. And the forward mouth do I hate. If we want to walk in the anointing, we've got to hate all the pride in us, the arrogancy in us, the evil in us. Yeah, you hate it in the world and the earth in general, but you must hate it in yourself. And go before the Lord. Simply say, Lord, search me to see if there's any wicked way in me. And ask God to burn it up with the fire. And Madame Guyon says the fire comes to prepare you for holy union. Smith Wigglesworth says the fire comes and burns up all inward corruption. So we must fear the Lord. We must cry out for discernment. Proverbs 2, 3-5 says, If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Do you know you won't even truly know God unless you fear him? And if you don't truly know him and you don't fear him, you won't walk under the anointing. And we need to walk under the anointing. The third ingredient is calamus, which represents humility. Because calamus is a reed that grows in the swamps. This plant is this plant's head is filled with oil and bends down when it, it's time to be harvested. So calamus represents humility. Humility is simply, um, let's see, it's defined as freedom from pride or arrogance, the quality or state of being humble, not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. 
Proverbs 22.4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honour and life. Andrew Murray says, Here is a path to the higher life, lower down. Just as water always seeks and fills the lowest place, so the moment God finds men abased and empty, his glory and power flow in it to exalt and to bless. His glory and power flow in to exalt and to bless. The way up is down. The door is in the floor. If you want to be anointed, you've got to be humble. You've got to walk in humility. Number four is cassia. And cassia represents inner cleansing. It's actually a laxative. So we need to be cleansed. We need that fire. Like, as I read a minute ago, Smith Wigglesworth said, the Holy Ghost is a great assimilation to the whole body. When he comes in, you will feel the fire going through your body. You feel a burning of all inward corruption. This baptizing or baptism of the Holy Ghost is essential to bring into you a divine holy fire which burns up all dross and quickens all purity and makes you ablaze to pre- to pre- sorry for perfect love to continue. We need the inward cleansing. We need the fire. We need the fire that prepares us for holy union. And that inward cleansing of the fire and of the blood means you'll be able to walk under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now the fifth one is olive oil. That's where the crushing comes, but it's also where it represents the Spirit of God. The olive oil means to be soaked in the Spirit. This is where we need to learn to soak in the spirit to be still to get before god i've told this story many times where i just went after god and for nine ten months i would just lay soaking in the spirit if you want to call it that every day but with hunger until one day the glory just filled the room then the anointing came upon me it was like electric rain in my eyes and i felt the power of god But that all came from soaking. We've got to be intimate with the Lord. We've got to get in the secret place. We've got to spend time with him. There's no shortcuts to the anointing. D.L. Moody says, There is no use in running before you are sent. There is no use in attempting to do God's work without God's power. A man working without this unction, a man working without this anointing, a man working without the Holy Ghost upon him is losing time after time. And D.L. Moody again says, I believe this is a mistake a great many of us are making. We're trying to do God's work with the grace God gave us ten years ago. We say, if it is necessary, we will go on with the same grace. Now, what we want is a fresh supply, a fresh anointing and fresh power. And if we seek it and seek it with all our hearts, we will obtain it. So we need these five ingredients in our life. We need... Humility, we need, I'm just looking, cinnamon, which is uprightness, the fear of the Lord. We need to be death, dead to self. We need the inner cleansing, the fire and the blood, and we need to be soaked in his presence. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys, and just go after the anointing.